I was talking to a really good friend of mine the other day, and he said, boy, I'm really struggling, Joe. I'm really down. I said, oh, really? What's what's going on? And he said, I don't know. I mean, I get outside, I walk around, and I start to pray. I start to connect with God, and I just get this overwhelming sense of, like, depression and anxiety overwhelm me. I'm not enjoying my life. And so although I know this young man quite well, I said, well, tell me about your day. What are you doing? He said, well, I don't know. I'm just, you know trying to work and keep up on my relationships. I said, what about, you know, news, media? How much time are you spending doing that? Why do you ask? Well, I just kind of want to look for maybe some of the causes of your overwhelming struggle right now. Well, I just spent a few hours on, I mean, not a few hours. Did I say a few hours? <laughs> I mean, a few minutes on media and social media and, and news. I said, oh, wow, well, let's look at that. How much time really? I mean, honestly, at the end of the week, you know, when you get those notifications and your phone or whatever says, hey, congratulations, your time on social media is down. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, you've only spent 73 hours this week. <laughs> I'm exaggerating only mildly, but I know I've looked at my own use of social media and said, okay, this is out of control. Now, when you think or hear the word addiction, you probably don't think about media, social media. You probably think drugs, alcohol. I'm not an addict because I hardly drink. I don't use a lot of social media. Well, that's why I want to talk about it. Because the use of social media has seen an exponential rise right now. And by the way, if you're wondering where I'm getting this wonderful information, you can find it in my new book, The Whole World is Going Crazy, But You Don't Have to, Scriptural and Psychological Healing. I actually devote a chapter to this, social media, media, and addiction. And if you want to get it, I'd suggest you get the book because I have some great questions at the end of each chapter to say, all right, if you want to look at this more deeply in your life, then you can do it. But if for right now you say, yeah, Joe, I just want to hear about it. All right, you're going to hear about it. According to some recent research, the prevalence of social media addiction among social media users is almost 40% percent. Social media addiction, 40 percent. Now you might say, well, I think I'm in that 60 percent, meaning I'm not really addicted. But boy, I tell you with those numbers, you really want to look at this. Now you've undoubtedly experienced the value of social media, catching up with distant relatives, friends, sharing news, finding groups with common interests, sharing cute pictures of your pet iguana, etc., etc., etc. But you understand how it serves and delights you. But let me speak about how it might be harming you. Due to its impact on the brain, social media is addictive both physically and psychologically. Some researchers have found that self-disclosure on social media networking sites lights up the same parts of the brain that fires up when taking addictive substances. That's right. Researchers also found that smartphone addiction can lead to an imbalance in brain chemistry. Now, again, you may not consider yourself an addict, but most addicts, whether addicted to alcohol, drugs, or porn, don't feel themselves addicts until they try to go without. So let me ask you, when was the last time you set your phone or connected device down for an extended period? Was it difficult? Were you thinking about it when not using it? Did you feel anxious 
those are signs that you might be addicted. Have you congratulated yourself for getting that automatic notification that says your social media went down for that week? Wow, okay, yeah. And then again, once again, you find out what? 10 hours, 20 hours, 40 hours? The global average time spent using social media platforms per day is 142 minutes in 2021. 142 minutes per day. Now, would you like to have those hours back and do something a bit more constructive with that time? Again, I pray it doesn't happen. When I reach the pearly gates and I'm faced with that life review, I don't want the Lord to say, wow, Joe, 146,426 hours online. (laughs) I don't think he'd have to say anything else. Message received. You cannot recapture time gone by, but you can change how you use your time moving forward. Now, we are in an age where technology expands beyond what we can comprehend. And again, you don't really fully understand how it affects you, particularly on social media. But there are a few things we know. Trust me, those who create your favorite social media platforms, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, or any other emerging AI technology, right? They know how to keep you engaged. And this goes for news media outlets as well. That's one of the words they use, engaged. It sounds so much more than, better than addicted. (laughs) We'd like to engage you, not we want to make you addicts. But let's face it, when you or others around you use it compulsively or excessively, what else would you call it? I think the simplest way to determine if you're abusing or addicted to social media is if you feel an uncontrollable urge to use it. Rather than opening up your favorite app, stop. Would you feel just fine putting your device down or do you feel strongly pulled in? Are you spending time on your app and neglecting other important aspects of your life, family time, relationships, exercise, sleep, prayer? You know, it's not necessarily easy But look at how much time a day you spend on social media and then ask yourself if that's the best use of your time. Are there better ways to spend those minutes, those hours? Again, not to sound like that crotchety old guy because I am not there yet. (laughs) It's getting closer though. But I remember the first time I saw a group of teenagers sitting together and they're all staring at their phones silent, and they were checking out their social media connections, liking each other's posts, but scarcely a word was shared among them. The irony. But teens aren't the only culprits here. Adults, children, we are building a virtual world in which we seek connection, but it doesn't compare to the real real one. When you access your favorite apps or hear the news alerts, dopamine, the pleasure chemical in your brain says, oh, wow, yeah, ooh, that feels good. But just like alcohol, the pleasure lasts only so long. So back you go. But it's not just your desire to connect, which is a healthy thing that draws you back in. The creators of those apps lure you in with their bells, notifications, and alerts. You become like Pavlov's dogs. You smell the meat and you start to drool. And although you probably don't drool, or at least I try not to, your brain gets a little rush when you hear that you have notifications. Social media's stated purpose was to help people connect. Ironically, however, you peruse your connections alone, 
you see how wonderful everyone else's life appears, and you feel more lonely than before, even if people surround you. So back you go to try to satiate that loneliness, and it becomes a downward spiral. Now, if I may suggest that you conduct your experiment to compare the value of social media connections versus real connections, try this. Go ahead and spend two hours indulging in all your social media platforms. Take a 10-minute break, then rate your experience, right? Your happiness. See how your body feels on a scale of 1 to 10. 10 is great. Oh, I can't wait to do it again. Two hours, that was a wonderful time. One, not so great at all. Now, the second step of your research study, grab a friend or a willing participant and go for a hike. Play hard. Have a meaningful conversation. Do almost anything that involves relationship, movement, laughter. But no devices are allowed. Now rate that experience, measuring your happiness, how your body feels, etc. Which is better? According to research, excessive use of media can contribute to anxiety, depression, feelings of loneliness, suicidal ideation, eye strain, and anger. It can lead to poor cognitive performance and shrinking parts of the brain associated with maintaining attention. This is just a partial list. So if there are so many adverse effects to its excessive use, why do you get sucked in? Again, you may begin your foray into it for excellent reasons. You want to connect with others. Sweet. However, research suggests that you may be more susceptible to it due to low self-esteem, personal dissatisfaction, depression, hyperactivity, and even a lack of affection. Now, there is speculation as to exactly why it's so harmful. And I want to keep to the basics. First, consciously or unconsciously, you are making private comparisons. Let's face it, you post what will make you look best, and others do the same. It tells, however, a distorted and partial story. But you can't help look at what others are posting and think that you don't quite measure up. Children's and teens are particularly susceptible. Image-based platforms like Instagram have very harmful on effects on mental health, especially for teens struggling with body image, anxiety, depression, eating disorders. It leaves you feeling less than. Making these kinds of comparisons can lead to to envy and low self-esteem. So you crave love. We all crave love. You want to be seen and heard. But you want to be loved for who you authentically are, warts and all. And social media doesn't offer this. You post your best self and hope for alike. Now, the Apostle Paul addresses these themes in his letter to the Corinthians. (laughs) I know you're saying, Joe, he talks about social media? Not exactly, but specifically, read 1 Corinthians chapters 4 and 12. He managed how he was being compared to other apostles. Quite honestly, he said, I don't care about these comparisons. He didn't even rank himself among his peers. He knew that God's judgment alone was what mattered. In chapter 12, he expands and talks about the value of the body of Christ. And as a Christian, you're an integral member of that body. Paul points out that it's silly for an eye to feel superior to the intestines. It's, it is an organ that is not seen that in all likelihood has superior value. You can live without an eye or great hair, but life without a stomach, 
Now, you are a unique creation. You're God's most magnificent creation. Recognize that. Be what you were made to be, not envious or imitating somebody else. But don't brag. Again, you had nothing to do with your creation. You are, however, responsible for what you do with what you've been given. You give dignity and honor to your body and life by living out your function as a member of Christ's body. It's easy to get caught up in what others are doing and what they're wearing, and you may stay up on everyone else and everything for fear of missing out, you know, FOMO. (laughs) But I want to suggest rather boldly and bluntly, and I can only do this because Jesus said it first, therefore, I tell you, Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you? Oh, you of little faith. So do not worry. What are we to eat? What are we to drink? What are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Now, I know that might seem a little long-winded. However, it is scripture, and it is God's message for you today. All your worry, all your concern, all your comparisons, God said, you got it all wrong. The Apostle Paul speaks about how you use your time this way. He said, make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all your day-to-day obligations that you lose track of time and doze off, oblivious to God. He said, the night is about over, dawn is about to break. Be up and awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work he began when we first believed. You cannot afford to waste a minute. Must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity, frivolity, easy for you to say, (laughs) in frivolous activity and indulgence. That's Romans chapter 13. Now think about how you're spending your time with social media. Is it really frivolous? Is it indulgent? God says, your life is passing you by. Get outside by yourself, with others, with God, and connect with what matters most. God, faith, your real life. Now again, I'm going to address news media only briefly, but news organizations use all the same addicting tools that other social media outlets use. The terrible news sucks you in. The breaking news keeps you excited and depressed and anxious. They know how to keep you sucked in. However, we are more divided than ever. And news organizations exploit this and use it to their advantage. Not yours. 
It has become an us-versus-them attack. We have political differences and divides. But you do not have to treat others you disagree with as your enemy. Again, it's healthy to debate different ideas, but not to attack the person. God says that we are brothers and sisters. We are family. And even if you thought of the other side as your enemy, how would you treat them? Jesus is clear and adamant. You have heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Matthew chapter 5. Cutting your social media use down has been shown to minimize your risk of developing depression significantly. You may be using it to kill time. I get it. But do you want to do that to kill time when you're really killing your sense of health? You have only so many minutes and hours and days Time is the most precious commodity you have been given. What do you really want to do with it? If you're struggling, do the experiment. Disconnect from the media, the social media, and connect with God. Connect with your real life. I will meet you back on the road. And remember, always forward.